Product managers give 100% of themselves to their customers. But who's there for the PM? The Product Management Center at the University of Washington. It's a global hub for knowledge, community, and impact. I'm Jeff Schulman, founding director of the Product Management Center and your host on this show, How to Succeed in Product Management. Each week, I'm joined by my co-host, Red, and some of the best product managers in the business. Together, we're having candid conversations that help you understand the challenges that a product manager faces, how they overcome them, and the tools and frameworks that will help you thrive in the role. So let's start the show. Welcome, everybody. My name is Jeff Schulman, and I am a professor at the University of Washington's Foster School of Business, where I founded the Product Management Center, a global hub for knowledge, community, and impact. And I founded that with the help of Red right here on stage, dozens of product managers who really wanted to see us work together to develop a more diverse, inclusive, and skilled product management community. And Sumeya is now on the advisory board, and she equivalently wants to help product managers. She's here and created this wonderful The Weekend Product organization that uh, has given us a platform to bring you insights every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time. And the insights we're going to give you today are transferable skills and experiences for breaking into product management. Now, it's obvious why an aspiring PM would want to listen to today's conversation to find out transferable skills and experiences. But Sumeya, tell us why somebody who is already a product manager can gain value from understanding the transferable skills and experiences that help somebody break into product management. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jeff. And good to see everyone. And Dred, welcome back. I think this topic is important for two reasons. I guarantee that if we did a poll right now of the room of practicing product managers, they'll tell you they receive LinkedIn messages periodically from people who want to enter this amazing field and who have questions about what courses should I learn from? What programs should I sign up for? Can you uh, take 30 minutes to do a coffee? And so all of us have gotten this question, even internally from other people within our company who are interested in product management. So how do you frame your answers? One is something that people think about. And two, are there resources out there that you can send them to so you don't have to spend all that time doing research, etc. So there is a leverage, a question of leverage too here. And then last but not least, I know that we're all in different points of our product management journey. So even people who have been practicing for a year or two or three or within one single company, they might not be aware of the multitude of experiences and skills that might be necessary in other roles or in other companies, even though they all have the title of product management. So having these conversations, thinking about that, about you know your own skills beyond the, your current situation, I think is always helpful, creates that growth mindset. And this is why this conversation is important. All right. Somebody at the uh, Product Management Center Advisory Board meeting, somebody said, Sumeya is like Alexa. You ask her any question and, and she will answer it. The Product Management Alexa. So Sumeya, thank you for that. And one thing I want to add too is as you grow in your career and ultimately you want to become a hiring manager and start hiring product managers, learning from our guests today about what helps somebody break into product management will also help you identify talent that could help you grow your team. So this is a conversation for everybody current and aspiring product managers. And I think the first step is to welcome our guests and to understand how did they break into product management. So, Welly, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you broke into product management. Hey, Jeff. Thanks for having me. And uh, hello, everyone. My name is Welly. I am a product manager at Microsoft. I've been with Microsoft for 14 years. Most recently, I'm the head of product for Customer Voice. So how do I get here? It's a, it's an evolution. I started my career as a developer and then uh, develop an application and then uh, for Microsoft and Microsoft uh, invited me to, to join the, the team. So I think that it certainly is one of the skills that you can build up into like if you already have a developer skill or a designer skill and that is essentially give you one leg in uh, many leg at a PM for you to be able to get a stepping stone and kind of opening door for you to get into the product management role. So how do that's how I get into the product management by becoming a developer. 
by certainly like the different people have a different background and certainly you can bring what you have and then build your career into product management. All right, Willie, and thanks for being on here to record this How to Succeed in Product Management podcast. Shivy, it's great to have you here, product manager at LinkedIn. Tell us a little bit about your journey into product management. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. Hi, everyone. This is Shivy. I am a product manager on LinkedIn. I'm working on LinkedIn Learning. My journey into product is actually quite a transition journey. I started off working in consulting, management consulting out of college. I always thought that I didn't have this engineering degree or computer science degree, so I thought strategy role was a better fit for me. Later on, as I move you know, within my consulting career, I get to exposed to work on different projects, and I realize how much I enjoy building stuff, not just coming up with a strategy. So more and more so, I develop a conviction for product, but it took quite a few years to get to that point of like, okay, I feel like I can do this. I really enjoy this. And then sort of acquiring experience working with engineering and designer along the way as well. And I joined LinkedIn at the start of 2018 as a product manager for internal tools. Many of you might know LinkedIn have like different line of business. Obviously, most of you are familiar with like LinkedIn.com, what we call flagship, and then the premium offering that comes with LinkedIn. But on the B2B side, LinkedIn actually has four line of business, talent solution, marketing solution, sales solution, and learning solution. Each one of those line of business historically have been functioning pretty much in silo. So when I was joining as a business PM, my first job was kind of supporting and championing digital transformation from within. So unifying a lot of the sales technology stack. From that experience, I got to work with a lot of engineers and design and business leaders, as well as product managers in the commerce space, which is a pretty complex space. And very soon, I realized that as much as I enjoy like empowering internal technologies and tools, I also really wanted to you know, work on external user-facing product that can have the potential to impact millions of users. So I am first generation in my family to attend a quite prestige college and university. So education has opened the door for me to many opportunities. So I really wanted to, you know, kind of give back and work on on an impactful product that I feel like I could create more access for people. So LinkedIn Learning became a pretty good fit so while I was working in my old team, I start to kind of network and like internally within LinkedIn and look for a mentorship opportunity to be able to facilitate an internal transfer for a sales uh, product, internal product focus to uh, LinkedIn learning. Actually, shameless plug, I've been posting about tips and stories about my transition into product on LinkedIn. And tomorrow, the very post, we'll be sharing about my journey, some of the ups and downs and highs and lows for the transition. So, yeah, back to you, Jeff. For helping product managers and people break into tech and product management lives beyond just this hour conversation here today. Sumeya, you got to tell us why it's important to understand the transferable skills and experiences that help somebody uh, break into and succeed in product management. But tell us how you got into product management. I think I got into it when product management didn't really have that same title, or I should say there was even more ambiguity around the role than we have today. So 20 years ago, right out of college, I got into a leadership training program where working directly for the CTO, we worked on short projects. And we had both the product owner, which is a nomenclature you hear in a lot of legacy companies, both the product owner and the project manager, which together sometimes really mean product manager. And I was able to do both of those roles for a few years. And I didn't realize that that was what product management is, even though, just a quick aside, my first offer while I was in college was from Microsoft. And it was for a product management role. And I'm like, what is this role? <laughs> and I, you know, researched it online and I couldn't find enough information. And I thought it was maybe just this not really technical role. It was, you know, a fake role. And so that was part of my reason to decline that offer. But <laughs> with that history, I wanted to then talk about really what 
crystallized the role of product management for me and made it important was my next role at Ernst & Young, where I actually worked with clients and customers and users to try to solve problems for them. And they were all kinds of problems. And I love that customer centricity, that thinking about what matters to my customer, but then doing it within the context of a business. Because you can't really do everything for your customer at the detriment of having a profitable business. And I think that's really the first place where product management made sense to me. And I consciously then picked it as a role. So that was more than a decade ago. And uh, since then, it's just been a great journey of working with startups and large companies and being a co-founder and leading products. So I've uh, enjoyed that ride. And we're so glad that you broke into product management because you've been so generous to share insights week after week after week here with me and Red. Red, I usually turn to you first, but since you missed last week, you got punished a little bit. <laughs> you had to wait till after every guest introduced themselves and Sumeya got to talk twice. But Red, we are so grateful that you started this podcast, helped us launch this, connected Sumeya with the Product Management Center at the University of Washington, and then magic has been happening ever since. So tell people a little bit about yourself. I know you haven't broken into product management, but you've done so much more. And uh, tell us a little bit about that red circle and how people can engage in today's conversation. Absolutely, Jeff. And I, you know, I deserve to be punished. If I'm not here to support you and the product management community, shame on me. But there are only so many hours in the day. So here's the deal. First of all, for anyone who's listening in, we can stake the claim that we are the fastest growing and one of the largest product management communities in the world. And I know that because this past week, I met the largest product management community, and we're bigger than them. <laughs> so that is awesome. And I laugh because as part of the Product Management Center at University of Washington, it was our mission to help product managers break into the space and be the best they can be. And so what we're doing now is we're recording this show. That's what that red dot is. So we can reach product managers who can't make it today. And those who are aspiring to be a product manager need that leg up to break into the industry. So if you're interested, later on, we have time for Q&A. If you want your time in the sunshine or if you want to go into our Slack group and ask us to ask a question on your behalf, please. But that also brings up the second point. How do you get access to this incredible Slack? So Jeff and Samea, I just took a look at our numbers. We're nearing 800. The only other product management community in Slack that's been around for over two years is around 800. And we've only been around, what, six months? It's skyrocketing. And if you want access to it, all you got to do is DM me, LinkedIn me, fax me, send me an air pigeon, or you can use back channel in Clubhouse and I'll send you a direct link so you can join other product managers in our Slack. So again, I have nothing to sell you, but support and supporting product managers is what I love doing. Back to you, Jeff. All right, Red, love your enthusiasm. Thank you. So I'm going to turn to Welly, please. What would you advise somebody trying to break into product management and they're, they're looking for an experience they could have on their current job or a job that they could take? What would you recommend as one of the most valuable transferable experiences or job roles? I think that uh, product manager, I think it's uh, what the boils down, at least to me, is about two things. It's about providing clarity and then getting things done. So you need to build all the skills that can make you succeed in doing those two things, providing clarity and getting things done. So for providing clarity, there are two things. One is domain knowledge in terms of what you do, what you bring into the table in terms of industry experience or technical uh, skills or those something that you can learn and those something that will be an asset for you to become a good product manager. But another thing that people don't uh, sometimes don't realize that it's not just about what you know, but it's about also letting others to understand what uh, what you're trying to say. We're just providing like being able to tell stories. So this is where this is uh, becoming this skills becoming more important, especially nowadays as a successful product managers. You need to be able to tell a good stories. And at Microsoft, I think that one of the um, probably the best learning or training that I have ever attended is uh, a lecture by a used to be a distinguished engineer at Microsoft. His name is uh, James Whitaker. And he gave a lecture on the art of storytelling. And again, this is one of the best uh, the, uh, training I've ever attended. And the good news is that he made this presentation, the summary version is available on YouTube. So for those of you 
Look up James Whitaker, The Art of Storytelling on YouTube. What's the recording? I think this is where you can learn how to tell better stories. Fantastic. Thank you. And then, Shavi, did I get that right this time? Do you want to share what you think is one of the most transferable experiences or job roles that somebody can get? Yeah, definitely. Actually, on this very topic, yesterday I did have a breakdown of how I like to think about the various skills that's needed. I want to focus on early PNs who are trying to break into product, right? Because there are some skills I think are more helpful as you progress your PM career. So if I start with, let's say, the must-have P0 skills, I agree with Veli really on like execution being absolutely must-have for PNs. Um, there's a common belief that you know, if a PM who's good at nothing else but just execution is still valuable to a team. While, you know, a team with a PM who cannot execute, but like can do other things is better off probably without that PM, especially for your earlier stage. So any examples that showcase how you can get things done, how you can, you know, have excellent communication and influencing skills without authority to together to round out kind of being able to get things done. I think those are good skills for employers to look for and hiring managers to look for for early PM hires. Some of the more Tactical side, I think, including like just ability to, you know, understanding a very complex situation, bringing clarity to it, being able to communicate it in a very concise way, being able to prioritize features, doing like roadmap planning, and then be able to define and like track success. I think it's also probably pretty important to have some idea about how to work effectively with engineering and design. I know that for folks who, let's say, don't have direct experience working with engineering and design, if you at least understand how to communicate with a like a technical group of audience to bring very complex problems and simplify them, I think that's something that's a value add and a, a plus as well. I think some of the nice to have skills they are pretty important too, but I would classify them as P one. And yes, they might help you stand out in the job market, but you really get a lot more chance to practice them on the job. I think one of them is like being an analytical powerhouse, being very seeing data informed that you kind of understand the different steps within your user journey, how use data to support your decision making. The other skill I think is very important as well is knowing how to define a compelling vision. I think Veli mentioned about storytelling. I agree that is is very effective. It's part of the communication. I also think that over time, as you build your PM career, being able to build out a narrative and like continue building on it, evangelizing that vision, that narrative around the organization, being smooth and fluid and navigating kind of you know the org, influencing across but also managing up. I think those are pretty uh, essential skills to be good at the job. One other thing sometimes we look for, and I guess like especially a big tech company, is what we call like product sense. Basically, you have a knock for knowing what's the right problem to solve. What exactly was the user need? I think a lot of times it's easy for us to come up with a list of features, brainstorm a list of a big list of things to build, but being very crystal clear about what exactly is the user point pain point that you're solving and why is that the right one to solve and why now? Very important questions to, to have absolute clarity and alignment on. And last but not least, I'll just conclude with, I think the best PMs tend to have a outcome ownership mindset, meaning that they think of themselves as like the owner of the product. So they're willing to both think strategically but also getting down to the needy greedies of whatever it takes to get the product done. And you constantly have this, this ownership mindset of thinking about how can I make it better? What else do I need to do? So this kind of mindset will just help you, you know, advance your product career. All right. Thank you. So we've heard quite a few great tips as to kind of the, the skills to have and to demonstrate. Sumeya, I'm curious if you could share a little bit about how somebody might demonstrate this either on their, their resume or in an interview, their product sense, their ability to tell a story, their ability to, to get things done, and, and all these wonderful tips that we heard from uh, Welly and uh, Shavi. Do you mind sharing how somebody might demonstrate? Yeah. Absolutely. I have a, a couple of recommendations. The first one, start your own thing, whether it's a side hustle, especially if, if you need to do something that's income generating, that's one, or 
within your own company, the company you're at, one of the most undervalued things that I think people don't think about is if you identify an area of need or uh, a business opportunity that your current company is not paying attention to, create a compelling argument for why they should. Work through that yourself and then reach out to leadership in your company and talk to them or to the people you think who are going to have an impact or to people you want to collaborate with on that effort. So think within the context you're in or the ecosystem you are within, whether that's a company or a not-for-profit or family or church. And is there something you can do there that would add value? And the bonus there is that you actually care about that ecosystem. So it makes it worthwhile. So that's one. And that's one that our good friend Chris Chestnut brought up before, and Chris is here. Hi, Chris. And that's working with a not-for-profit. You can actually volunteer as a product manager and get experience there. So those two are the ones I would go to. There are other paths, some that you pay for, such as courses that have actual practical hands-on experience that you can showcase. But yeah, I'll leave it at that. Excellent. And that actually reminds me, sorry, I, shameless plug here, but not on purpose. We are trying to figure out how to drive engagement on this Product Management Center Slack channel that Red is uh, so enthusiastic about and uh, you can get invited to by connecting to Red. And I'm going to throw out an idea that one of the volunteers shared, and I want to get a show of hands to see how many people would participate in this activity if you had the opportunity. This goes back to Willie's point about storytelling and getting that narrative. In this idea, we would have a product and you would get to work interviewing people or using it, and then you would write out a succinct problem statement, a succinct meaning short. I don't know if you could hear me through this microphone, but uh, so you'd, you'd write out a short problem statement, hoping that you could get voters to say that your problem is the one that they empathize with. So Red, how could we survey this group here to ask about that? Do you have any creative ideas for how I could know if people would want the Product Management Center Slack channel to host this Improve That Product event? Yeah, I think the easy way to go is if everyone has their clubhouse in front of them and they're holding their phone, on the bottom of the screen is this hand raise little feature. It looks like a hand on top of a little notebook. If you are someone who's a fan of what Jeff just proposed and would like to be a part of it, raise your hand now. And it looks like it's working, Jeff. We're starting to see some people coming on in. Oh my gosh. Jeff, I think this is a bias. I don't I think we should have done the mom test here because there was a little bit of a bias here. Because who wouldn't <laughs> want to do this? Red, are you sure you're not a PM? <laughs> I'm, I'm an aspiring one. I always wanted to be. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of becoming a PM, you decided to work for Uptemptive that helps product managers' lives be better and donate all your time here to the Product Management Center to help enrich the lives of PM. So we're glad, Red, that you didn't become a PM because I don't know if you'd have as much time as you have to help them. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. But you know what? We got Diego up on stage raising his hand about the idea. Maybe we can actually get a quick feedback about whether the idea would be valuable or not. Well, you so. know what? Diego is actually, he helped us launch the Inclusive Product Management Accelerator. He's on the steering committee and uh, the Inclusive Product Management Accelerator is hoping to get 100 new product managers from historically marginalized communities by June 2022. And Diego spent hours and hours and hours reviewing applications to figure out who is ready to be a product manager. Uh, so Diego, put you on the spot right as soon as you got here, but tell us, what were you thinking as you're going through these applications? What are you looking for in terms of experiences or what they say they can do uh, when you're deciding who is ready to become a PM? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let, let me just first check in. Can, can you guys hear me okay? Perfectly. Absolutely. All right. listening with every heartbeat, because if I want to be a PM, don't crush my dreams. Don't crush my dreams. <laughs> Absolutely. So, hey, everyone, my name is Diego. I'm currently a senior PM at Microsoft working on AI and machine learning. And yeah, to answer your question, Jeff, about reviewing this way, way too many applications, but it's exciting because we had a lot of people interested in that. So one great thing that, that we did is that we removed all kinds of personal data from this, right? So it really comes down to what are the things that we're looking for in candidates that go through this program. And there's one big 
category of things that I think should be coming across aspiring PMs and even applicants for these kind of programs, which is transferable skills. Because getting into product management, there are many paths to get into that. There are a lot of myths as well. But one thing that I feel is very constant across these kind of applications is transferable skills. And that doesn't mean that you have to be a PM to get into product management. That means that, hey, have you worked cross-functionally? That doesn't mean that have you worked with engineers all the time, but maybe if you're a student, you did some projects in your school. If you're at work, maybe you are creating your own projects or working projects with different functions. Have you left without authority, right? There's big myths around that. And so have you been the lead of any organization? Have you been the lead of any personal project? There are tons of transferable skills. And I feel that one of the big problems is that sometimes people don't realize that a lot of the things that we do in our spare time at school, at work, in these side projects are actually very transferable. So that's one of the things that I was looking for when it came to the application. So that's one thing. Another thing here is I feel there's a lot of information about product management, and that is awesome. But if I ask everybody in the room right now, what is product management to you? I feel that sometimes we spend a lot of time researching, here's how to break into product management. Here's how I answer a product case question, a behavioral question, walk me through your resume, all that stuff. But sometimes we forget about the basic things like, do you understand what is product management? Do you understand what it means to you know, be in a product team, a startup, a large tech company? A lot of those things, you get those through networking, through talking to product managers, and through amazing forums like this one from Sumeya and Rev. So that's what I was looking for is, do you have transferable skills? And do you understand the role of product managers? Because we want you not just to get the job, but to be successful in the job. But anyway, a long story, but hopefully that that answers your question, Jeff. Absolutely. And thanks again for reviewing those applications for the Product Management Inclusive Product Management Accelerator hosted by the University of Washington's Foster School of Business and the Product Management Center. We are going to get 100 new product managers from historically marginalized communities. And if you weren't in that first cohort, don't worry. We've got lots of resources to help you learn and and show the skills that our panelists are talking about today. And we're going to have new cohorts in the winter and spring. Now it's time for Red's favorite segment, which is controversial opinions. Welly, do you have any opinions that might be controversial? So I think that product management, uh, in a sense, that is about uh, managing risk. But I think that as a good product manager, you have to take a risk. And this is something that you can start practicing in what you do. But a good project manager is about trying to hit the, the ball out of the ballpark. And this is something about be able to brave enough to say things that also might not be popular. But I think it's just a matter of how you say it and be respectful to others that don't agree with your opinion. But it is about taking risks. Diego came off mute. Let the blood fly here. Who wants to refute that or disagree with Welly here? I guess I can go ahead with a slightly counter argument. I agree in principle. I think sometimes it depends on the circumstances, like let's say the team morale is low or we don't have enough data to support certain things, like just based on the context of like kind of how the product have been, like I think a big part of product management is being that cheerleaders for the team. So if the morale is low because people are leaving or because we work so hard and then things didn't ship as expected, I think sometimes risks aside, like you need to figure out, I guess, the arts of communicating bad news and being mindful of the timing and sort of uplifting the, the, the team in the context of communicating like transparently. Yeah, that's what I would say. And Diego, I think I saw you come off mute before. Do you agree with Welly or Shivy or do you have a different opinion? I think it depends on the moment when it comes to the product, the team, and even your career. Because, for example, I agree, as a PM, you have to take risks. But especially when you're starting, one of the hardest things for me to learn was how to say no. And that is associated to the risks in the sense that sometimes you just want to be a people pleaser because you're the new PM on the team and you want everybody to like you. But your job is not to get people to like you, right? But that's a hard thing to learn. So I feel that if you're a new PM and you started going into these very risky decisions and calling things out and saying, no, let's go into this direction, that direction, it's hard because you may not have the skills to, as Wally was saying, 
to actually say the things in the right way and convince people in a way that it doesn't make it sound personal and it's only you know business and work. So I feel that maybe at the beginning, I don't agree that much on being that risky and rather learning the skills so that when you are in a position where you can actually start taking those risks, doesn't mean you have to spend 10 years learning, but maybe at the beginning you spent maybe a year or so trying to understand the dynamics of the team. Maybe at the beginning, less risk and more analysis, understanding, execution. But then little by little, what I've learned, and every organization is different, every job is different, but what I've learned is moving from a PM to a senior PM position starts to get into the realm of not only these risks, but also a good execution, right? So you have to nail that part down and then start moving into these calculated risks. So I agree with Welly, but more on the latter, on the once you are a little bit more advanced in your PM career, at the beginning, I think it's really hard. And just to add, I have seen some PMs who early in their career, they have, I'm going to call it destroy their careers, because when as they take these risks, even if you look at the numbers, even if you look at the data, everything makes sense. But just in the way they say, just in the way they push people into doing things, might not be the best way in SPMs. We have to constantly interact and influence with others. So yeah, I personally agree with both of you, Shivi and Willie. <laughs> Wait a minute. You started with you could get fired for taking the wrong risk or you could ruin your career with taking the wrong risk, which seems like it was a disagreement. And then you end and robbed us of all the controversy we were looking for by saying you agree with both of them. What, what's going on here? Yeah, the thing is that Product manager, as a product manager, you start evolving. You can't simply say, well, I'm awesome at at execution since day one, and that's all I'm going to do. Because if you do that, you're going to get stuck in your career. And yeah, you can be known as the best PM that does execution, but a PM is not just execution. In the end, you have to start thinking about, now that I understand how the basics of product management work, if I want to grow in my career, I need to start taking risks. But that's what I'm saying, right? Is in my opinion, you can't take those risks that, that Willie was talking about right at the beginning. Because if you do that and you don't have the proper skills, you don't have the the knowledge and the, uh, let's call it the street knowledge on how to call out these risks, how to move people around, how to tell no uh, to, to some of their ideas. If you don't learn how to how to handle those skills, you can ruin your career. But then if you don't take the risks in as you're growing as a PM, then you're also running running your career because you're never taking risks and product managers need to take risks. But my argument is that it only has to be later on in your career. If you take it at the beginning, the risk is that you can get fired. Well, I'm exaggerating, but the risk is that, yeah, it may not be so good to your career. I think that depends too. <laughs> what people probably will will hear in this conversation is uh, the refrain of "it depends" often, and it comes up a lot in our conversations as PMs. But the PM role in itself, or the practice, is a practice of balancing tension, and that tension presents itself in multitudes of ways. In the tension of how much time do you spend trying to understand people versus how much time you spend trying to understand data? How much time do you try to manage the risk to your own career versus the risk to your product versus the risk to your customer? I think this is why, to me, the the decision-making or the skill of decision-making shows up in big, big ways for product managers and I think in ways that we take for granted. Because Managing that tension and understanding when is it worth it to take a risk and when it's not and what risk is actually worthwhile for the customer or for the product or for you, for your career, you know, how to slice and dice, all of that is important and you can actually hone that skill of decision making even without being a product manager. So just to circle back to an an earlier conversation that we had around what are the skills that are important, think about decision making. Again, thinking about decision making, you start thinking about data, you start thinking about qualitative and quantitative measures, you start thinking about the kinds of questions and curiosity you need to show. And so Yes, the word decision making is a it's two words that make up this really powerful concept that has so many skills within it. Red, what do you think? Did we stoke any controversy? Was there enough blood in the water there to appease your your love of, of uh <laughs> this, this is product management, right? They're very much built on empathy 
and strong communication skills and data-driven decisions that it's very hard that they want to fight with one another. I don't know. I mean, it, it <laughs> yeah, just, right. I have, <laughs> if you've got empathy, you can't just destroy somebody on a recorded <laughs> podcast for hundreds of people to listen to. I have one. I have a very strong opinion that I'd like to share with, with our panelists, if I may. You may. And I think I know where you're going, Sumaya. <laughs> I think I know where this is going, but well, I'd love to hear what the other be... panelists say. <laughs> yeah, let's see. So here is my statement. And I'm going to put it out there without nuance. <laughs> and that's how you create controversy, by the way. But you cannot be a great product manager without liking people. Period. Ah, I think we're going to have to take some time to process that. Come off mute if you have an agreement or disagreement, any of the panelists. You cannot be a good product manager if you don't like people. Right. If you're the kind of person who's like, I would rather just sit in my office and just work on understanding data and not talk to anybody, you're not going to make it as a product manager. Shavi, you've spent a lot of time working, trying to help get people into product management, and you're working on job search technology there at LinkedIn. Do you want to weigh in on this one for us? Yeah, sure. I think what I'm trying to get at is I agree that PMs have a lot of you know, cross-functional alignment that you know, we need to do, especially working for large companies. As you progress your career, there's a lot of evangelizing both internally with, you know, a di different teams, also externally to, you know, customers. And then there's a, an element of managing up and then being a good leader for your team and the product and the vision that you're championing. So I get where that's at. But if I have to debate about it, I think, I don't want it to be mistaken to be like, you have to be an extrovert to be a product manager. I think I've seen a lot of PMs who are very successful being an introvert, but can still, you know, be comfortable handling people <laughs> and working with people and resolving like conflicts. So I think I agree that there's a lot of, you know, you need to be able to comfortably working with people to solve different problems. But I don't think you have to be like an extrovert that are outgoing all the time to become a successful PM. I think that I would like to uh, spin it uh, a little bit in terms of what, what you said about liking people. I think that probably more important is that to have a people like you. Because uh, the thing is that the PM is about being able to influence without authority in most cases. You need to have other people to be able to align with you, to uh, get you to do what you want. And in order to do that, uh, sometimes it is very important that you have to build a relationship with not just like people, probably more important is that we have people like you. Diego, why don't you go ahead? I do have a rebuttal. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, Willie, you, you put this in going into another direction that I do think it's controversial because I don't think that as a product manager, you have to be liked by people. That doesn't mean that you have to be you know, the worst person in the office, but you need people to respect your leadership enough so that they understand why you're showing here's what we need to do and here's why and all the data and all those things. That doesn't necessarily mean that they have to like you. It means that they have to respect your opinion, respect your authority, respect your leadership. And I've seen that a lot of time that you could be in an office and be like, that's the worst person I've ever met in the office. But when they talk, they have this authority in the room because of all the work, because of the way, the mythology, everything that they do, that they are right and they have the data to back it up. So I don't necessarily agree that you have to be liked by everyone, but I do believe that you have to be respected. Once again, calling out that as PMs, we have to influence without authority, right? So that authority, that presence, that history that you bring with you as you are going up you know, in the PM chain, you do have to be respected. That's my opinion. Red, we did it. We got some controversy. I'm wondering if Shavi or uh, Sumeya, did you want to keep it going or do you want to let Red manage the stage? What do you feel? No, 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 <laughs> no, no. You can't pass on this one. I know you have an alternative opinion here and I'm not going to stop <laughs> until it reaches the public's ear. 
All right. Well, very quickly, two things. Definitely agree on the introverts versus extrovert. I mean, the extroverts get their energy from people. They don't necessarily actually have to like people. <laughs> so at that definition, I myself am an introvert. I would rather be reading a book than out and about. But so with that, I agree. I think the second point around people liking you, this is another point of tension where I think for me, at least trust. And yes, it can be seen as respect. People trusting you or trusting what you say or trusting what you commit to is sometimes a little more important than people liking you. But in general, you actually want the majority of your team at the very least to like you and just to have a, a kind environment and a happy environment. So I think there is a tension there. It depends at play. But yeah, I love this conversation. I want to give space since uh, we've had controversy on top of controversy on top of controversy. Did anybody want to clarify or refute or anything before we move on to Red? Unmute yourself if you do. I would just live with one phrase, which I think, you know, my team at LinkedIn, we use a lot. We call it disagree, but commit basically means like, yes, even if people don't like you or they don't even disagree with what you say, but there's a, a certain time and certain, you know, in certain situation, there's this sense of like, even if you disagree, but you're willing to commit and move forward. So I, I think that's another way to, to think about it, too. It's so nice how we say it's a nice way to think about it when in reality it's like mic drop, I'm out, I'm right, peace. I'm just like, you guys are so nice to each other. <laughs> You're putting words in their mouth. It's like, <laughs> I, there's no controversy. It's crazy. Yeah. I, love, I love this. <laughs> it's not the kindness that she said. There was actually a mic drop in that. <laughs> All right. I have to give space again if anybody wanted to keep going on the panel before well, we turn to Red to turn audience questions for the last couple of minutes. Yeah, just want to add uh, one thing about uh, people liking you. So I think that the thing is that you are working with your colleague uh, day in and day out. And it is not about you trying too hard so that you agree with other people. I think that disagreeing is part of it. But my point is that you are dealing with these people, you work with these people, it is so much enjoyable to work with friends rather than working with strangers or worth working with your enemy. So in a sense that you need to build all the relationship and this is about having a healthy debate, have a healthy discussion, but after that and be respectful, make friendship with other people because it's, believe me, it's much more enjoyable to working with friends. All right. I feel like we should have dedicated an entire topic to this controversial statement from <laughs> Sumeya, which Diego jumped in there. And it just it went right the direction that Red and I have always wanted. Uh, lots of diversity of opinion. And, and you and the audience get to decide what's best for you and, and how, where can you find the commonalities among what was said and where can you find uh, within the differences? What do you think would work for you? But it's Red's turn. I know Red hates the spotlight, but he loves shining it to others. So Red, I'm shining that spotlight on you. Use that mirror. Make sure people know that this is recorded, but do your thing. Yeah, absolutely. And as folks are raising their hand, I am happy to bring them up on stage. But guess what? Because we're talking about liking people, this week I won't judge. Okay? So if you're a veterinarian or a consultant or a dentist, you know what? You might not be officially a product manager, but I will let you on stage. I still require that your profile pic is a human and not some kind of anime or dog or something. So in general, if you have a question, come on up. I'm inviting you now. This is an opportunity where you can ask questions to the panelists on stage and get your answers. And it can be about this topic or product management in general. We have room for two or three. And in that vein, if you are someone that is interested in getting into the community, please raise your hand. It's that little hand at the bottom of the page that is over a little notebook. I know it's strange looking, kind of strange UI, but I'm going to bring some folks up right now and we'll go into questions. The first two, please mute yourself just to make sure we don't get any feedback. Now, again, I don't see product management in your profiles, but you look like you're either about to climb that wall or start your career in breaking that boulder, which is product management. See what I did there? So without further ado, <laughs> and hopefully I'm saying the name correctly, N-G-A-N, Nyan, uh, the stage is yours. Yes, uh, it's Nyan. Thank you for bringing me to the stage. 
So right now, I am a quality engineer certified job, and I'm looking for opportunity to break into product managers uh, because I see like my personalities and a lot of like thing, a lot of project I did in college was really one me kind of go into that um, directions. I joined the call a little bit late, so I will hearing about some like resources that you mentioned earlier. I wonder if some of the monitors can like talk more about the resource, how to like start learning about products, how to network with people as well. It's like, how do you prep, get into product managers? That is and our favorite question about- here. Sorry to cut you off, but that is our favorite question and we're running out of time. So I want to make sure your question gets answered. And then if Red could decide if there's more, but resources, I'm going to kick this to Diego first, because I know he's got some fantastic resources that we're going to be using in the product management, the inclusive product management accelerator to help 100 new product managers from historically marginalized communities. Diego, go. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. So super quick for me, in my spare time, I create content for YouTube for aspiring product managers like yourself. You can find me on YouTube like PM Diego, or it's on my profile here as well. You'll find things from all the way from what is product management, difference between PM and PO, all the way to how to answer strategy questions, product design questions. So all of that. Send me a message on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm happy to share all the resources, like a guide step-by-step on how to break into PM. There are plenty of things that you can find online. My suggestion and one of the things I recommend in the article, and again, send me a message on LinkedIn. I can send it to you or anybody interested. It's more about don't be overwhelmed. It's not about gathering as many resources as you can. It's finding the ones that work for you, your style, that you resonate with the author, and you know that will take you through the entire cycle. But anyway, send me a message on LinkedIn or find me on YouTube. Happy to share more with you. Thank you so much. Yeah, I think additional resources. I definitely think Diego's resource is really great. I think you can also look at like Stella Pierce or Stella Partners for mock interviews. I think it's very important to do a set of mock interviews to get comfortable with the process because, you know, as much as you prepare, sometimes you get really nervous and those mocks can really help you. I think the other one that you asked about networking, I think one really key thing about networking is that for a lot of product managers, myself included, like we're very busy every day, right? And then you get like, let's say 10 requests a day. And if you only put in, let's say, if you only put in one sentence and say, can you mentor me or can you refer me to this role? You know, I'm not going to have the time to really, you know, help you with that. But occasionally I see some aspiring PMs or mentees that they reach out, they write a very thoughtful message about, you know, what their aspirations are, what they're trying to accomplish and asking for help or 15 minutes. I think I I am much more compelled and willing to help those people because it shows higher intent, right? So I think that's a smarter way to network. Yeah. And I also, starting last Monday, start posting a series of commonly asked PM questions on my LinkedIn. So you can also follow me um, in addition to Diego. This is an easy answer. You just follow the speakers, join our Slack group, DM them, and you've already got your support crew to kick you started, man. I think that's a the great way to start climbing that boulder. What do you think? And Red, how would anybody join the Product Management Center at the University of Washington Slack channel? Gee, what a unique question. If you get a hold of me on LinkedIn, that's right, I'm promoting Shivy's product right now. You just reach out to me and I will absolutely give you access to it or back channel me right here in this group. Now, I know we want to move on to more questions. We're moving from a Boulder to a place that has Boulder, Colorado, aka Denver. I know I'm trying to connect things here, Omar, but Omar, your profile says nothing else about you. So I am absolutely curious and I like people. So I'm giving you a chance. Why are you on stage and what is it you would like to ask? Hey, Red, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to speak. You know, I've seen some of you guys talk, but I'm still fairly new in the process. Basically, my question was, so I do a financial software ERP implementation, and I've been doing that for a number of years now. And I wanted to figure out what would you suggest? How would I narrate myself getting into like a PM role? How could I leverage my background, but also not be stuck to doing, you know, financial ERP systems kind of thing. So what's your thought process on that? And if you have any suggestions, everything's appreciated. And I, I did go to Boulder too. So I guess, so that's cool <laughs> that you had there that. There so. we go. It's my magic. I love people. And nice. <laughs> but uh, let's limit this to two panelists because I also want to get to Debrana before we go to closing thoughts. So I'm going to pick on uh, Sumeya and Welly. If you can address this, the stage is yours. 
Sure. So first thing I would do is I would take a minute and look at the skills you have. So Omar, as someone who has implemented ERP solutions, you probably know how to collect requirements. And if not collect them, then maybe read them and you can tell what's a good requirement versus a bad requirement. And then you can think backwards from that around what questions do you ask your customer or your client so you can get the kind of answer that you saw in the requirement. So think through that process, the skills you have, plus the process you would have to take to get to the answers that you as a product manager would have to have. Because I imagine in your current role, you work with some product managers. Is that correct? Or I'm curious. I mean, Mostly we're working with project managers and I guess like my previous role, I would almost take on somewhat of a role of a product manager where we would do customizations of the software. And so uh, figuring out that and managing, all right, is this a reasonable uh, solution and is it worth basically the cost benefit of implementing this? Yeah. So first, I guess the first thing then you would do is the resources that Diego and Chivi mentioned starts with them as a baseline, just to understand what are, if you're asking the question of what are the skills that I need, that Omar needs to show or to actually have the product management capability. And then you have a list of those skills and then you look at that list and you probably have half of it. I imagine since you have acted as a project manager, someone who works on coordination, on collaboration, since you have worked on implementation, you have some of that critical thinking skills. And so identify the skills you have, then think about the narrative you're going to use to talk about the skills you have, and you're going to be left with a list of the skills you don't have. So for the skills you don't have, what do you need to do to build those skills? We talked at the beginning of the conversation about some of the ways you can gain those skills by going out there and building your own thing, actually doing the work by volunteering, by taking on more responsibilities within your current role. Sometimes you can do shadowing. So I would start by just doing a baseline, understanding where the gaps are, and then creating a essentially a plan for how to address those gaps. Rock on. Well, Omar, hopefully you feel supported. And again, you can join the Slack group and ask these questions directly to any of the speakers and others there. We want to make quick time because we have one more. And Debrona, you've been waiting so patiently as a traveler and a worldly individual and as a product manager. Omar, if you're aspiring to be one, definitely update your bio. But with Debrana, we definitely want to take care of you. Hopefully I'm saying your name correctly. The stage is yours. And also, just because of time, we're going to pick one panelist to answer your question live, and then we can go to a one-on-one. Thank you. My name is Deborah Anna. Super happy that you guys are having this room. I was actually going to sign up for the program, but I did get my first PM job, so super exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So my question for you all is, just as a new PM coming into a new company, how do I make sure I don't get stuck in like the day-to-day execution bug fix request? and making sure I focus on strategy. That is an excellent question, Red. Sorry to interject because this is your role, but I just have to give a plug because next week, that is exactly what we're talking about. We've got a PM from Amazon. I think we might have a PM from Facebook and we're going to be talking about time management. How much time do you spend on strategy versus execution, bug fixes versus pushing things forward? But Red, the stage is yours. I just had to plug that next week, Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time on how to succeed in product management, we'll have that exact conversation at length. Oh, no, that's agreeable. And Deborah Anna, I think in the interest of controversy, I think whoever unmutes the fastest to answer this one is also the most empathetic for what it feels like to be in that role. So who of the speakers, Welly, Diego, Diego, Shaivi, Sumea, which one of you can answer this one? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Brandon, let me just ask you a clarifying question. You said this is your first PM role and it's an APM role, right? Associate PM. Yeah. So no, it's a PM role. So I was a product owner before, but I was doing a lot of the product management role as well. So I had a good crossover before I got this position and the company was building out a product management department, which is why my title hadn't officially changed. And so I ended up getting a new role before the title came with it. So, Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So I'll give you my take on this. 
So I feel that especially when it's the first PM role, you're right. After some time, it will feel that you're all you're doing is execution and all you're doing is not necessarily bug fixing. If you're all you're doing is bug fixing, then I think it's time to double check what's happening there because that's not necessarily the, the job of a PM, right? But at the beginning, you might be doing a lot of that. And you have to get good at execution because that's the kind of things that you, as soon as you start outgrowing your role, meaning execution already goes well, those are the kind of things that you start delegating. And delegating not necessarily to other PMs, but even to your own team. Say, for example, that you're all, this is a very, very basic example, but say that during execution, one of the things that you do is that every day you take notes in five meetings. Then once you are really good at your job in the execution phase, you start delegating those kind of things to others so that you start moving away from those needed things in the execution phase and start thinking more on the strategic phase of it. I don't think there's a hard limit where you say, okay, I've been in the role six months or one year, and now it's time to move into strategy. I think it's more about whenever you see that something can be done with a product, you hear some conversations, you do some competitive analysis, you start doing this research, keep focusing on execution, which is what you're going to do, but never stop thinking about strategy and start delegating your execution pieces. Once you are really good at them, start delegating those so that you spend less time on those. Because what's, in my opinion, what's going to happen is that your job is not going to change. You will be doing the same things and you won't have time for everything. So the more you can delegate, the more you can work with your team to be more efficient, the less execution you'll start to do and the more strategy you will be doing. That being said, quoting everybody in the panel, it depends. It depends on the company, depends on the size, depends on the stage of the product. But in my opinion, it's never lose focus on strategy, start delegating, start be really good and start giving those tasks, smaller tasks to other members of the team who can help you and support you and start focusing more on the strategy little by little until it's the majority of your work. That's my take in this, you know, two, three minutes. Thank you. Appreciate that. Rock on. And you know what? I think Under Armour is very lucky to have you. And you know what, as product managers at a larger company that's learning innovation, because, you know, they come from a clothing brand and now they're in a direction of innovation. They're very lucky to have you. So thank you for choosing to come here. If anyone is interested in more experiences like what Deborah Anna had, I, and I'm not humbly pitching this in the interest of us, but the Product Management Center is doing another Ask Me Anything style session. And it's going to be in Slack. If you are interested whatsoever in this, you got to join our Slack group so we can get it to you. Otherwise, Jeff, I don't know how else to get it out to them other than for them to scour LinkedIn, which is not a bad thing either. But what would you recommend? Yeah, join the Product Management Center Slack group. And on Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific time, we have a volunteer. Her name is Vasanthi Nilagiri, and she has organized an Ask Me Anything session. So every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific time on the Product Management Slack channel, we will have a different product manager uh, in a different format. So you'll be able to type your questions and have them in anonymously, or you could take credit, and uh, the product manager will answer your questions. So that's just join the Product Management Center Slack channel and check it out Thursdays at 5 p.m. Pacific time. Red, I'm going to get to you for concluding thoughts in a moment, but I think, Welly, it's been the longest since we've heard from you. We're here at the end of today's conversation. Thank you all the, all the panelists for staying longer. Any concluding thoughts as we talk about transferable skills and experiences to break into and succeed? Yeah, I think that as a product managers is actually a lot of times you wearing multiple hats and probably a lot of folks that are listening in you probably don't realize that you're already doing product manager in your current role. So I think it's just a matter of sort of identifying what you're already doing and then practicing more and be curious. So talk more with, if you're working with other product managers, talk more with product managers. But I think this is about just don't undersell your experience, what you do, because a lot of what you do is very transferable to, for a product manager. All right. Thank you. And thank you for being here today. Appreciate you sharing your insights. Let's go to Shavi. LinkedIn, you have a, a blog on this so people can hear from you every, well, I, I just promise that you'll write them every week, but maybe that was an overstep, but you are sharing insights on your LinkedIn page. So people should follow you, but uh, any concluding thoughts? Yeah, definitely. Actually, I'm sharing daily and bite-sized posts. So that's one thing that I'm experimenting uh, differently from like a blog and a long form post. So something to check out, like daily dose of insight. I agree with Molly. I, th I think very important as career pivoters is first have the mindset to know that it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So be patient with yourself. 
Second, know how to tell a good story about transferable skills and how to reposition yourself for PM position. Third, I think is, you know, network smartly with hiring managers and PM friends. A lot of the positions might not be open yet, but if you are, you know, on top of the hiring manager, knowing your skill set, once you tell a good story, I think those roles will eventually open up. So I'll finish with that. All right. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing insights. And wow, I was thinking I was overpromising with weekly updates and you are doing daily updates. So by all means, check those out, everybody. Follow her on LinkedIn and get those updates. Let's go to Diego or Sumeya. Sorry. We'll go to Diego showed up late. We'll punish. <laughs> punish oh, wow. <laughs> That's so terrible, right? He'll never do anything nice for me again. <laughs> so, and and, and at least I, I got Sumeya to, to laugh. You have used the word punish a couple of times on this call, which is a little jarring, but uh, everyone <laughs> should know that you're actually one of the kindest people. Oh, uh, thank so. you. I'm totally kidding. But you know, we're in Seattle and the, the winter cloud is moving in, the gray is coming, and it might be changing my mood a little bit. But no, I, I we are not punishing anybody, uh, but we're rewarding Sumeya for being here every single week on how to succeed in product management. Any concluding thoughts on today's conversation? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. I think everyone's path is different to product management. No single recipe is going to work for everyone. This is a field or a, a role that's full of nuance in every possible way. We might be talking to you about certain skills that are important, but you will go and, for example, talk to a startup that even though they say they're looking for a product manager, 90% of your work is going to be that of, uh, let's say, an analyst or a marketer. So keep an open mind and don't say no to opportunities that you might learn a lot from, but don't look exactly right or fit this template that we've been talking about. I mean, we've only had an hour together and the possibilities in this world of product management are just so, so many. And so just keep an open mind, focus on what you're learning. That's really the most important thing. And then you can switch jobs. This is the beauty of our current <laughs> career world is that every you know, two years, you can go somewhere else or you can think of the next opportunity, but just focus on learning and growing if you find the kind of culture you like. All right. Thank you, Sumeya. And thank you for being here every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time. Red, you're always bashful and like to avoid the spotlight, but it's now yours for concluding thoughts as I'll bask you with praise for getting the show started and actually getting it translated into a podcast that people could download on every single major podcasting app. So thank you for that. And you earned some concluding thoughts. Wow. So there's punishment and earning. I got to tell you, what Jeff. Is the gray in Seattle, it's really changing everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, in general, thank you. And I think Diego is going to get my turn. And I'll tell you why. Because every week I'm supposed to be here. Unfortunately, next week, I will not be at this show someone else will be taking or trying to take my place. Every Tuesday at 4 p.m. we're here. So with that, I'm going to forego my chance to say anything of value to Diego, who is incredibly, incredibly necessary for the product management community. So Diego, please, the mic is yours. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, my punishment is that everybody already said what I wanted to say. No, no, but it's awesome to hear from this amazing panel. You know, I'll offer one extra piece of advice because I think you've heard transferable skills, networking, volunteering, but nothing is stopping you from actually building your own product. And you can actually, what you can do is look around you, look around your home, your friends, your family, your school, your work, and build something. And it's never about building it from scratch. It's never about how clean is your code. It's never about how your UI looks. It's about the journey and showing that you have those PM skills. Talk to users, get feedback, run surveys. Make sure that you show those things as you build the product. If it looks nice, it's great. If it doesn't, it also is great because it's not about how it looks. It's about the journey. And the last thing to say is, there's a reason why a lot of people think that uh, startup and CEO founders and all those kind of things are make great PMs. And sure, is because you have to apply the same skills. But for a lot of us, we are not startup founders. We are not CEOs. So if you're a student, if you're in sales, marketing, finance, it doesn't matter what you have been doing, there's plenty of opportunity to be in product management. And like I said, 
product management, it's about building products. Go ahead and build one. And if anybody needs help, happy to share more on LinkedIn, YouTube. Just send me a message and yeah, I'm here to help. All right. Speaking of helping, I am so grateful that the five of you gave a good hour and 15 minutes helping everybody here in this audience and helping everybody who listens to the How to Succeed in Product Management podcast available on Apple and every other podcast app. This was a fantastic conversation. I'm grateful to have been a part of it. Didn't mean to throw out some punishments and rewards and earning. Very uncharacteristic of me because what we're all about at the Product Management Center is developing a more diverse, inclusive, and skilled product Product management community. And we're grateful for people like Shavi, Diego, Weli, and Sumeya and Red, who give a lot of their time. I also have to give a shout out to Vasanthi, who is organizing this Ask Me Anything events on the Product Management Center Slack channel. Have to give a shout out to Kushbu, who has uh, been furiously taking notes here, sharing them in the Product Management Center Slack channel. And really just all the volunteers. This is a community that we're building, and we're building it for you. Uh, we're building it to enrich the lives of diverse product managers. And we're hoping that that we could also help you enrich the lives of diverse audiences through the products and services that you develop. So reach out to us, uh, become a volunteer, get your company to hire some of the, the brilliant talent that we have that Diego personally selected for the product management, the inclusive product management accelerator program. Uh, get your company lined up to hire them and just get involved with us. Help each other because when we help each other, uh, success is infinite. We could share it, we could expand it, we can multiply it force multiply it. I think that's some sort of phrase somewhere. But if, if we all help each other, I think everybody's going to be able to be much better off. So join us in enriching the lives of product managers and come back next Tuesday at 4 p.m. to talk about what Deborah Anna wanted to talk about, which is time management. We're going to have a whole hour on that. So thank you all for being here. And that is the end. <laughs>